All right, let's get this over with. <laughs> My name is Ore, and I'm a compulsive overeater, better known as the Trash Man. Um, holy crap. <sighs> so, um, Peter calls me up for a reminder, and he says, "This is. I just want to remind you that you're speaking Saturday. And I was like, damn, I've been thinking about this since you asked me, you know? <laughs> okay. Like, you know, I catch myself in the shower like, oh, this would be great to talk about here. Like, uh, and then I expound on that and then I segue to that, you know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know what, you may hear me drop the F-bomb for some reason like this month. The F-bomb is really uh, it's prevalent in my uh, my vocabulary, my dialect right now. Um just get the stats out the way. Um, I've been in program for about 12 years, um, and uh, within that 12-year period, I've had uh, multiple stints of abstinence and relapse. Most recently, um, this is about 15 months out of a three-and-a-half-year relapse, and I'm down uh, between 115 and 120 pounds. Um, I have plan to weigh myself this morning so I can have that exact number for you, but uh, I woke up a little bit late and I was rushed, so I got to give you a range, um, but I think that conveys it, you know. Um, fuck. So, you know, I came in this program at 16. Um, my mom drugged me in at 16. Um my mom has been affiliated with uh, 12-step programs for a long time. And, uh, well, no, no, I lied. She brought me in at 13. Um, when I came in at 13, there was a nice quaint meeting over in the hood um, called Get Real on the Hill. And it was held at this lady's house, and she had all these comfortable couches, and there was a bunch of ladies. And, you know, I was just a 13-year-old kid, basically, you know, just running around there. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, I had no conception of what this program was really about. I just looked at it as a social gathering. It was a bunch of women around and I had fun, you know. So, I mean, that lasted for about a month or, you know, less than a month, you know. And then my mom brought me again at 16, Serenity Sunday. Oh, Serenity Sunday. It has a nice, warm, fuzzy place in my heart. And um, that sounded so cynical. I think I... <laughs> I guess I meant it that way. I don't know. Um, you know, and again, like at 16, you know, I was like, um, at 16, I was about 300-some pounds, you know. It was a tough go in high school. I've always been a big, you know, I always, always, I've always had weight issues. You know, I was the kid in, in, um, in our family that always had the weight issues. You, you talk about having a, you know, a spotlight put on you. That that was my spotlight, um, especially coming from a family, you know, like a, you know, my dad's side where they're all health conscious and everything and having an auntie as a nutritionist, you know. But looking back, I was just a chubby kid, you know. But it, it felt like I was uh, the fattest kid on the block, you know, so to speak. But anyway, my mom brought me in at 16, and um, I was a rock star, you know. Like, uh, I was a rock star. Being 16, being so young, you know, it's like I get the whole thing. Of, oh, you're so young, and you got it so early, and... It's so great that you came in early, and oh, it's like really, like you know, I felt like I was the man, you know. Um, 
you know, and again, like I had no conception of what the spiritual process was. I wasn't mature enough, I don't think, to really understand it at that time. Again, it was just a social event that I came to with my mom. You know, and like I said, I mean, it felt good to get these kudos. You know, I was a fucking rock star, you know, and I wouldn't admit it then because I didn't really, you know. But, yeah, of course, like having all those accolades and praise, you know, it's like, oh, that's what I thirst for, you know, validation. That's one thing that's um, on my recent four-step that I discovered a lot. I need that outside validation. I need you to praise me. I need you to tell me how good I am. I need you to respect me. I need that adoration, you know. Um, And why do I need that? Why do I need that? Well, quite frankly, because I don't have that for myself. I don't believe that. You know, and it's, and it's, you know, that's the thing about this program. It's so weird, you know. It's just like, in, you know, I can feel superior and inferior at the same time. As a matter of fact, the reason that I feel superior, the reason I reach for superiority over my fellows is because, I have, because I, I'm inferior, because that's what I believe at my core. You know, and it's just like you can logically say, oh, yeah, I'm inferior. No, but I believe that. I believe I'm not good enough. I believe that I'm broken and flawed. I believe that I'm unlovable. I believe that I'm not enough. This is what I really believe at my core. So if I have these things, you know, I'm carrying these things walking around, no wonder I need to reach for any possibility of being superior to my fellows. Because for that brief moment, I can feel, ah, I'm okay as I am. You know, so, like I said, I came in at 16, was winning all these praises and adoration. You know, I was the guy who, um, you know, I would stand at the podium, and I'm gifted with words. I've always been gifted with words, and, you know, I said all the right things. I had all the buzzwords and all the catchphrases going for you, you know. For years, I was that guy. Um, that didn't last long at 16. You know, and it's funny, the the reason that I stopped coming at 16 was because, like, I wanted to start playing paintball, like, yes, on the weekends. It's like I didn't want to be at Serenity Sunday on Sunday. I wanted to go play paintball, and I sure did play the fuck out of some paintball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So I didn't come back until, um, I came back on my own at 18 or 19. Um, I had just graduated high school. And I barely graduated high school. Uh, it's not because it's not for lack of intelligence. Like school was kind of easy to me. The problem was was this disease. Like in high school, I got up to three twenty, three thirty pounds, and I started ditching school. Um, like I almost fell out of high school. Like I don't tell people that, but yeah, like my sophomore year was a tough year. Um, I had ballooned up, and I had stopped going to school um, because it was just the turmoil of my head, you know, the insanity of my head. At that time, I didn't know what was going on. Like, you know, I look back on my past, and it's like, man, I have so much compassion for that for that guy because it's like I, didn't, I had no clue what was going on with me. I had no idea that I had this, this condition. You know, I thought I was just a fat guy that had some issues, you know, whatever. So, you know, and it, it was to the extent where, like, I would walk to the bus stop right down the, down the block, you know. I would walk to the bus stop, and, you know, it, it, the, the ongoing joke amongst my friends, they would see Ori at the bus stop, but they wouldn't see Ori go to school. You know, it's just like I would sit there on the bus stop and see all my friends going by on the buses, you know, because it was like a main avenue towards the school. 
and I would see the yellow buses, I would see the normal buses, and then, like, after about an hour of chilling on the block, talking to friends on the block, I would go right back home. And what would I do? Um, I would have to wait till 11 o'clock because Pizza Hut or Domino's didn't open till 11. So I would cook this major, massive breakfast, then wait till 11 o'clock, and I would align that with I Love Lucy, you know? <laughs> look, man. <laughs> yeah, you look at this ghetto veneer, you were like, oh, no, I Love Lucy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love Lucy was the shit. I loved it. You know, and it, it's like this, that feeling. It's like I love Lucy came on, the pizza would have arrived, and then it's like I would get to gorging, you know, and get to eating, you know. Um, and that was my deal, you know. That was my deal. And what I would do is I would throw the pizza boxes on the roof of my house, you know. Like, that's what I would do. Like, I would go in the backyard and chuck that shit like, you know. Um... Yeah, I used to cook these major massive meals, you know, like meals like the, enough for like four people, four or five people and really throw down, you know, that's how, that's how I was getting through life. That's how I got through life for a long time. I didn't go to prom, you know, I didn't go to prom, I didn't date. Um, I got too big for football, uh, which is, well, I, let me, let me rephrase that. What happened was... It, I gained so much weight in one summer, it was too much for my back, and I couldn't play football. That was devastating. That was a devastating moment in my life when I couldn't play football, and I just fucking gave up. Fuck it, you know? So, you know, that's how it was in my youth, you know? And, and fast forward on, you know, how, when I came back at 19, um, like, I was supposed to go to college. Like, my dream in high school was to go to UCLA. Like, I was ready to be a fucking Bruin, and I was going to be an economist. That's what I wanted to do, you know? Yes, economy. I wanted to major in it, you know? <laughs> don't, don't judge me, you know? <laughs> so I wanted to major in economy, you know, but as a result of this disease, things went differently. Um, I enrolled in Santa Monica College, right? And I had all my classes plotted out, ready to roll. And a week before that, I went to visit the classrooms. Why did I visit the classrooms? Because I wanted to see if I could fit in the seats. Because that last year of high school as a senior, I had to sit at a special desk in the back of the classroom because I couldn't fit in the traditional seats. And God bless, and God bless the teachers for having compassion for me to allow me to sit in the back. God bless them. Um, because I needed that. So I couldn't fit in the seats. Like, I looked at the seats. I remember this so vividly. They were just starting the annex, like their annex over there in um, the airport or whatever. And I looked in the room, and I couldn't fit in the seats. I knew it. And I dropped all my classes. I dropped all of them. And my pops, you know, being the great pops that he was, he's like, look, either going to work or go to school. You know, that's, well, that's not his voice, but it just sounds like a parent. Just, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I was like, damn, either you're going to work or go to school, you know. I was kind of like Obama more anyway. No, um, but um, so, you know, it's like, what am I going to do, you know? What am I going to do? And um, I enrolled in the computer school. The only reason I, it's like, because I was at home doing my I Love Lucy thing, you know. And, you know, there's all these commercials that come on during the day that you don't normally see if you're a working person. Like, you know, 
Like now there's this guy, hey, yo, here you on the couch. What are you doing? You don't have no job. What are you doing? You're wasting your life. You know, like, it's kind of like that, you know. And so, like, uh, there was this popular computer school called CEI. You know, it's like I saw that all the time. And I looked at the, com- like, I looked at the commercials and how the school was set up. I was like, damn, they, they don't have traditional desks. Like, seriously. So I went up to the school and they're like, it's like, you know, it's a, one of those technical institutes, you know, if you want to call it an institute. They were throwing that word around a lot back then. But it was like basically a fucking hole in the wall set up, you know. It's like they had tables and, you know, regular chairs. I was like, I'll do it, you know. I get computers, I'll do it. And it's funny because as a result of doing that, I have this career that, you know, these days I kind of like dislike, but I'm, I kick ass at it. It's really, you know. I get it easily, like technical things I get really easily. So, But it turned into a whole career, you know, and it really has set me up pretty well. Um, so, I mean, just the – was it God's will for me not to go to college? Was it God's will for me to do CEI? Was, you know, I don't get into all that nonsense. Like, that shit is a total brain fuck. Like, what's God's will? Is this God's will? Is that God's will? Am I doing God's will? What do you think? I'm doing God's will? Like, God damn I do not get into all that now. Like, it's so crazy. Look, this is just the way it happened. For whatever reason, it went the way it did. So that's the reason why I went to the computer school, you know? So that's a little bit of how, like, this thing has controlled my life. This thing has controlled my life. And when I say thing, what are we talking about here? This, it, the compulsive reading... We know that that's just the symptom. What's the issue here? What's the real issue? Anybody, tell me what the real issue is here. Is it the food really? Like I've had enough experience, I've had enough relapses to know that the food is not the fucking issue. You know, I went through a spinning program where it's just like I wanted to find, I wanted to get allied with the people that were working it the right way. You know, I wanted to have the right food plan. Great. Who doesn't know here that we need to abstain from compulsive eating? <laughs> no, no, really, really, because no, come on, really. You know, and you know, and this is my. I'm, I'm being judgmental here. Of course, I am. Fuck. Let me put on my four step later. It's a defect. All right, great. But you know, it's just like I was the guy that was tout. You know, it's just like, oh yes, oh, you need to be clean from the food. Oh, fast serenity. You're oh, you're not really working it the right way. You have fast serenity. Blah blah blippity blah. I'm not here to save this program. This program was here before me. It'll probably be here be after me. And just because somebody, you know, whatever, whatever. You know what? What you do is not my responsibility. My responsibility is to come here and get well. For me, I gotta get well. I have to save my life. I do. You know, and if I spend time in judgment of you, looking at what you're doing, saying it's not the right way, that's not the... Look, you know what, that's... No, I can't afford that. You know, my disease works over time. Over time. You know, this thing is progressive and devastating. You know, for three and a half years... I was in that relapse knowing, you know, I had stepped people through workshops. I had been through workshops. You know, it's like I have done all that. I knew intellectually about all this, 
like, you know, I could quote the big book and tell you what page this was on it, what page that was on it, blah, blah, blippity, blah. But guess where what I was for three and a half years? I had, in, you know, in, the, in my other relapses, I had never gotten to the point that I was three and a, like a year and some change ago. I had fully received the misery back, fully. I got to over 400 pounds. Literally, my job was across the street from my apartment. It was across the street. There is no exaggeration there. I could walk out the front door of my apartment building and see my job. I had to drive to work. I drove to work every morning because I was too big to walk across the fucking street. I told my sister... Stop telling me about family events because I'm not going to show up. Friends got married. Friends had kids. They invited me. I didn't show up. Everything that I had, this, see, within those sense of absence, this program gave me a life. So I built up a life, and then it all collapsed again. Built up a life, collapsed again. Built up a life, collapsed again. For a year and a half, I was still going to meetings in that relapse. I would show up, I would pass by meetings, drive by meetings. I had stopped showing up on the west side because I didn't, this is where, this is my home area. I stopped showing up on the west side. I was hiding out in the valley. God bless them. God bless the valley people. They, it's like I could go to the meetings and sit there and no one would, they would allow me to be there. I didn't feel any pressure. I was in a dark hole. And I had my seat. And even it got tough to show up. I could barely fit in my car. And a Mustang, 410 pounds. God damn, that shit was tight. It was like, it was tight. You know, and I developed all these little phobias as a result of my way. I didn't like people walking right behind me because, it's, I, I, you know, I was so big. Or, you know, it's just like, I, this is the one. This is the breaker here. If I dropped the quarter, I would leave the quarter. Do I have to continue on why? <laughs> At work, I would put in my headphones, and I would tune the whole environment out. I didn't talk to people. I was dark. There, I can't describe how I felt. I thought of suicide often. And you know what? I have compassion for people who, who, who actually step over that line, and, you know, and they take their life. Because here it is... And, this shows you the power of something in my life. Here it is. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted the willingness to kill myself. But for some reason, I could not do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was researching arsenic. I was walking in the Big Five, seeing if I could get a shotgun. I was considering how could I get an illegal weapon. Like, these are the things. This, I was, when I would drive at night, like on those night binges, like at 2 o'clock in the morning, on those night binges, I would think about driving my car into a light post over and over. Like, what would it be like, you know, um, going over and over? But you know what? It got to a point early in this absence where I realized I don't want to kill myself. I just want this misery to stop. I just want the misery to stop. And being in program and, not, you know, it's like I get three days, go back. Twelve days, go back. I went through two years of that. Crazy. So, when they talk about this as a precious gift, you know, 
when they talk about, you know, I, I have a totally, abstinence to me is, I don't know, old, you know, old timers may have another little view of it, but I feel like it's, it's, it's fragile. Just one thought, one change in my action can snap it and I could be back to where I was. And I've played with it in this absence. I've still gone through it. But, you know, one thing that's different now, what's different now? What's different now that this is, this is my life. I'm not, on the, I'm not on the periphery. I'm not on the perimeter. One thing that I've always wanted but never had and I've always respected in others, they've integrated this into their life. They've made this their life. It's not a classroom assignment. It's like, okay, calls, check. Big book, check. Abstinence, check. I'm doing everything right. Meetings, check, 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 check. You know, it's a math equation for me. Oh, I, I got everything right, so it must be work. It has to work now. This, and you know, another thing that's different is, I wanted to, I used this program as a vehicle to achieve what I wanted in life. You know, my dream was, like I said, and, I, and people have heard me say this, and it's very true. It may sound like a joke, but it's very true. My dream was to get abstinent, get some time, get some babies, you know, get some years and be the guru, get skinny and fine, become a rap star, superstar, mogul, employ all my friends, and be the man. You know? Well. <laughs> I'm not skinny, but I am good and fine, right? <laughs> this goddamn chocolate. Yeah. Um, it's funny because people in program, I have a lot of friends in program, and it's, I find that I get a better reception when the reason I have all these friends is because I, I expose my brokenness. I expose it, you know. Now I understand I don't have to be nobody here. I don't have to be I don't have to be king of the fatties. I don't have to be I don't have to be a guru. I don't have to be anything here. Here's where I show up and I can have it not together. And I claim that. You know, early in this abstinence, one thing that changed is I would call people and I would say, I need help. I need help. I need that. My ego needs that. I need to be able to, I need to be comfortable enough to tell, well, it's not even comfortable enough because I'm never comfortable with saying to somebody, I need help. I don't have it together. I can't do this alone. I need you. You know, and it's not that, you know, it's not that, the reason I don't want to do that is because I'm afraid. How will they look at me if I say I need help? They'll confirm, it will confirm that I'm weaker, that I'm lesser than, all that stuff I already believe about myself. And it's so not true. My head works overtime at keeping me separate. And that's why I need to be here. That's why I need to be plugged in. And I can't be on the periphery anymore. I can't just show up at meetings and leave. I have to connect with people. That's the reason why I make calls regularly, because I need to connect with people. And I, the calls that I make aren't like the spiritualized calls, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, it's not from a spiritual high place. It's really, I really want to connect with people because it's saving my life. For some reason, when I'm able to talk about my stuff, frankly, 
And when I'm really able to get to the nitty-gritty and share that with another person, I get relief. You know, not call people and already have the answer figured out. You know, like, how can I explain it? I want to explain it a better way. Like, there, there was a time in program where I would spiritualize myself, you know? Like, uh, oh, you're feeling resentful. Well, you know, just take it through the steps. Like, uh, why are you angry? And you just, like, I'm using the steps to try to correct myself so I don't seem like I'm a person that gets angry or so I don't seem like a person that wants, that's jealous or, you know, I try to sweep, spiritualizing it, sweeping it under the rug, you know? You know, I'll call people, it's like because of my, because, you know, what I thought, because I came from this high place or thought I was somebody or something like that. I couldn't really get real. You know, some of the things like the, like the, like more, more, most recently within this year, like I got into like a, a relationship type of situation, you know, with somebody I like or whatever. Like to be able to say, if she talks to another man, I'm jealous. Like to be able to admit that. That's the dirty, that's the dirty nasty stuff. I don't want to admit that I'm no, I'm not jealous. Yes, you are. <laughs> You know, that, that type of stuff. Or, you know, if my sister says something to me and it makes me a- angry. And, it, it, you know, because I have this judge meter. You know, I, I judge myself. Oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Well, then I try to correct myself, self-correction through it. You know, like, no. First, I have to acknowledge where I'm at. I'm jealous or I'm angry. However minute it is. Somebody doesn't call me back in program. I get fucking ma- angry. Like, I'm not, nah, nah, I'm not talking about, you know, like, oh, man, I'm mad. No, I get the type of angry where it's like, then I see that person, now I don't talk to that person, and then I'm cursing that person in my head, and I'm doing it every meeting, like, oh, yeah, look at this asshole, like, oh, yeah, whatever, and they're not working a program right, or what do they think, they're, you know, you know, that's the guy I am, like, like, who wants to admit that? Like, just because somebody doesn't call you back in program, you get all angry? Hell yeah, I do. That's the beauty about that four-step. It's like people talk about the fourth step like, oh, I thought the fourth step. No, no, that is a beauty. Don't get me wrong. It's like, it's nasty. Like, it's going through it. It's like, ah, you know, discovering these things about yourself. But it's a beautiful thing, though. Because if I work through the process, as it's outlined in the big book, hold up, hold up. Oop, let me rewind. Do I have to, does anybody not know the outline of recovery is in the big book? Okay, good, so I don't have to thump you over the head with it. <laughs> you know, you know, I was the guy, too. It's like, oh, the big book, that's where recovery is at. It's not in meetings. It's in the steps. Ah, ah, ah. You, you know, I was that guy, too, so anyway. Everybody knows the big book is where the steps are at, right, and where the outline is. Good, I don't have to do that. So the four steps. So, like, oh, uh, who are you angry at? Uh, Jack. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think Jack was on my, he's on my resentment list, too. I got 52 of those things. And that second column, what does it ask you? Why am I resentful at this person, right? I'm resentful because this fucker didn't call me back. <laughs> the third column, right, we look, at, we look at what aspects of self are affected. Well, my self-esteem is affected. Why? Because by this guy not calling me back, I think that I'm less than. He doesn't like me. Something's wrong with me. All right, is it a pocketbook? Not really. Material? Nah. Oh, emotional security. Yes, it disturbs my emotional security that you didn't call me back, Jack. 
okay? So that's the emotional security. Personal relations. It affects how I relate with this guy. Why? Because every time I see Jack at a meeting, I'm going to ignore him. I'm going to have silent scorn. He doesn't know it, but I'm having it. Right? Pride. Oh, it affects how I think others look at him because maybe he's looking at me like something's wrong with me where he doesn't want to call me back. So that's that third column, right? And then a beautiful thing happens between that third column and that fourth column. The big book asks me, it says, it has me take a different view of it. Jack is a sick person. (laughs) Well, naturally, he's in program, right? We're all fucking sick here. Yeah. (laughs) So naturally, I'm a sick. uh, He's a sick person, right? And so, but with that, not necessarily sick as in, you know, he has his own view of the world. Just like I have my own, he has his own emotional makeup. He's dealing with his own challenges in life. I don't know. He, I don't know what was going on with him. Maybe he forgot that I called. Maybe he had something going on with his dad. Maybe he was dealing with that. And he couldn't call me back. Right? And I say, God, help me have a compassionate, tolerant view of this person. How can I be of service to him? Right? And I sit and I think about that. It instantly changes how I'm viewing the situation. And then we move over to that fourth column. Well, uh-oh, here we go. Where was I selfish, dishonest, and self-seeking, fearful, frightened? Well, I was selfish because I wanted my way. That's really what it is. And he's not acting according to how I view the world. The way it's supposed to work, I call you, you call me back. Oh, Ori's plan. That was Ori's plan. It was violated Guess what I heard? And how much of my life is that? Things didn't go according to Ori's plan. And guess what I do? I eat. I'm going to get mine. When I face disappointment in life, I'm going to get mine. And I'm going to eat. What else? Well, guess what? I want special treatment. I think I, I think, oh, I'm Ori. You're supposed to call me back. We've been friends for this long. Blah, 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 blah. That's selfishness and self-centered, isn't it? I'm not, I'm inconsiderate in his life. I don't know what's going on with him. How am I dishonest? Well, guess what? I've done the same thing. People have called me, I forgot. Because I've gotten caught up in my other things. Well, I'm dishonest because I'm expecting him to act according to my plan. Alright? Well, okay, let's get to the fearful, frightened part. What am I fearful of? I'm fearful because I fear I'm not good enough. I fear that he doesn't like me. You know? Gotcha. So these are all the fears that go on. And this is my behavior. That is a nice scope of the process right there in that fourth step. And I get to see defects of character. I get to really change here. Now me and Jack are friends again. I love you, Jack. Is that it? Am I done? Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up. I don't think I... uh, Anyway, that's what it is. All right. Damn, 40 minutes wasn't enough time. I could go on. This is the time for questions, but wait, there's more. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. 
is being recorded. Oh, please remember, if you ask a question, the second, the sound of your voice may, okay, so I'll just repeat the question. Let's go. Oh, we're going to go to a 950. Jerry? Thank you, Can you mention something about your spiritual condition now? Okay, um, God, um, can I mention now about my spiritual condition? Um, I got a long way to go. Um, for a long time, I didn't believe in God. Like, I didn't know if there was a God again. Um, now, I don't know if there's, like, um, well, the God, the God of my understanding has changed. Now, I believe in power. There's a power out there that seems to be working, I think, in my life. That's where I'm at right now. There's something that seems to be working. And even though I, I can't firmly say God is, exists, you know, I can't fully say that, um, I'm willing to experiment with it. Let's just see. I know, I know right, like, I, like I'm dealing with a particular area of my life right now where I don't know what to do. I don't have a lot of hope. But I'm willing to say, you know what, let me take the action to see if there is a solution. Let me see if this, maybe something has come out of it. That's where I'm at right now. And I do believe in that. Ellie? Thank you, Ari. Um, would you talk about service? Oh, service. Um, you know what, what I like, what service, do, you know, they say service is slamming all these things, catchphrases or whatever. What service did, has done for me is it's put me in the circle. You know, it's just like it's hard to be a part of and on the periphery when you have commitments at four of the meetings you go to, when you're a co-chair for a birthday party, when you're going to Palm Springs for Region 2 because you're a part of that committee, um, when you're participating in the OA talent show and being, you know, the mix, the sound guy for that, it's hard to be, you know, separate. <laughs> and that's why I do all the service that I do because I'm fully, I'm a full participant in life now. And I really, I'm starting to enjoy these things. I'm starting to be a part of the group. And I feel like I'm a part of the group. And I love being the trash man here, so. <laughs> just so humbly. Mark? Yeah, so what's, what's your question, bro? Well, let me just... Okay, so basically, if you're dealing with a food that you have a reaction to and that phenomenon of craving develops, what do you do with that, right? Kind of? Okay. Well, when I'm in that situation, I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't control it. Like, I'm a firm believer that I can't control it. I can't stop myself. Um, so either a miracle is going to happen or you have to get separation. You have to get assistance with separation. In my case, a miracle happened. You know, about, a, about a, like a couple of months ago, 
you know, um, or about a month, yeah, a couple of months ago, like I had a, a week or so where I was, you know, going back to Chinese food, like these dollar ghetto Chinese food spots. And it's really addictive. That, like for me, that food is very addictive. Like once, it ha- once I start eating like that, it takes over. And once it, like, it happened once, like during the week, and then another week happened, and then it's at that moment I knew I'm powerless. No amount of anything is going to stop this. So the first thing that I did was I got honest with my sponsor about it. Um, and they, these days when that happens, if I get into something like, you know, roasted almonds, oh, my fucking God, roasted almonds. You know, when I get into things like that, um, I have to be honest about it, and I have to let it play its course. Either it's going to take me out or I'm going to get relief from it. And I did get relief, and now I have to, like, you know, really be cognizant. Like, I can't do those things. If I get into that, it's going to be a situation, you know. And that's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way my body is. You know, I've experimented enough where I understand, you know what, this is the way it is. You know what, when I eat these things, and of course, like the big book says, entire abstinence. Well, we know that, right? Everybody knows here. Everybody knows that. But the process to get to entire abstinence, there's a process. I had to get beat up. I had to go through pain. And then I finally got to be willing to let it go, you know, have it relieved of me. Why would you have to ask about work? Do I practice the principles of the program in work? I have to. I have to. Like lately, you know, one thing that I do, like I, sometimes I still get into the mode of, I don't want to talk to nobody, you know. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to open up. And I force myself to do that um, because I need to be, I need to contribute. I need to be of service there. You know, there's people there. I, I work in a community. I have to be a part of the community. Um, as far as work, there's still some days right now where, you know, I skate on the Internet all day. So I know that's dishonesty because they're paying me a nice sum for just skating the Internet and doing my own personal thing. Uh, so I've been, you know, really working in that area. Um, it's by no means perfect. It, it, it takes work. So, yes, absolutely. Reba? Oh, okay. Carol? Um, thank you, Ori, for your share. You are always the man for me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. As someone who's in the thick of it, relapse. What? How does how does someone in program reach out to a person like that? What are the things that are received positively, and what are the received things that are received negatively? How do we help somebody like that? So you know, that's you know, you would think that because I was in relapse, I would have a oh, you know, these people in relapse. I don't. I have more like a hardcore look at it. Um, you can't do anything for that person, in my opinion, if they're not willing. Um, you know, when I was in the thick of it, nothing, you know, I stopped ignoring, I, like, I stopped taking calls. I didn't want to talk to anybody. But if I was still picking up, I think that shows that they, they want, they want to change. And I think if you want to help, just ha- just be an ear. Just be an ear. Um, allow that person to talk to you without judgment. Um, but honestly, if a person is not willing, they're not willing. Um, and the way I deal with people in relapse is like, you know what, I'm here. If you want to talk, you need somebody, you need an ear, I'm here for you. And I'll let you spew your craziness. And I won't try to correct you. I won't try to do any of that. Because mostly they know already what needs to be done. I'm just a mirror. That's the way I deal with it. Let's go here. Hi. Thank you so much for your share. Would you talk about sponsorship, particularly when you don't have the answer? Okay, so I've been raising my hand as a sponsor, but I haven't, you know, I haven't started sponsoring anyone. And just this week, um, someone, uh, there was a potential sponsee, and 
She called me yesterday. I was happy as a schoolgirl. Like, I, I guess I'm ready. I want to sponsor, you know, but I haven't actually started sponsoring. Mostly these days, like, I guess my sponsoring is on the level of just, you know, like I deal with a lot of people who have the relapse experience. Um, and because, like, I'm kind of coming out of that hole, like, the, you know, I've been relied upon. So, like, that's been, I guess, you know, the way I'm carrying the message. And, you know, it, sometimes you don't have the answer. Like, I, I, what I appreciate about my sponsor is if I don't have the if he doesn't have the answer, he says, maybe you want to talk to this person. Or I don't have experience with that. I love that. Like, he doesn't have all the answers. And I don't expect that of him now. He's just like, you know, maybe you need to talk to this person. Or I know this person has that experience. Maybe you need to talk to that person. Like, you know. Alan. Already, um, you shared that you were in program, uh, working in AFNET, and then you went out. Any sense looking back of what did wrong, what got you into trouble, what yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that was, I mean, you know, as you know, like there's there's many things where I needed to tool down, you know, and like and tighten up. Um, but I can't have a separate agenda. Like I had a separate agenda. Like I wanted to do, I wanted to do this and use it to accomplish my agenda and what I wanted to do in life. And it's not about that. Like what what I have to do here is what I'm called to do is turn my life over. Like, you know, and it's to the point where if a job conflicts with my recovery, then that's something that I can't do. Or if a relationship conflicts with my recovery, that's something that I can't do, no matter how much I want it. You know, it's like I have to align myself with these principles. It's like I can't just pick and choose what I want to do. Like, that's one thing that's different now. Like, this is my life. I have to be, I have to allow God to direct me. Yeah. Carol? I'm glad you asked that question. Um, how does the trash man help my recovery? I think it's cool that I'm doing trash and trash is set up because it not puts me, not puts me below, um, but those positions specifically put me in a position of service. You know, like I fold things up where people put their asses on. <laughs> but it's very important. Or I clean up, you know, I pick up trash behind people. It just humbles me. So I don't know why it does it, but it does. And I get it. It's, it's cool. It's just cool to me. Like, this is what I do. Like, secretary, I get to be a president or some shit like that. Like, oh, 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 man. You know, no. No. So that's how it helps me. I don't know if that explains it, but yeah. 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 Yeah.